0: PC chilling, PG chilling. my name Wale, and I came to get it came to get it came to get it my
1: name Wale. <laughs> welcome back everybody to the all things sports podcast my name is Matthew Gordon alongside all my co-hosts today this is the season finale of season two and our final guest of the season let's just say is my childhood Idol all of us here are diehard Washington Wizards fans and to speak for myself, having a chance to speak with this guy today truly is a huge milestone in my life our guest is Washington Wizard Legend future NBA Hall of Famer Gilbert Arenas Agent zero Gilbert thank you for joining us today my guy how you doing
0: thank you for having me I appreciate it uh, it was a stretch with that Hall of Fame <laughs> maybe what are you talking maybe about in bro? maybe in the people's minds but uh yeah I don't know I don't know you're a not something in, I in,
1: in. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we really appreciate you tuning in. We got some questions for you. want to talk a little Wizards basketball after. So my first question is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your AAU days and how it got you into the league today and your college days as well?
0: Yeah, you know, um, I started off baseball, family sport, um, baseball, football. Um, I got my helmet knocked off, I think I was, what, 8 or 10 years old. I tried to do a quarterback sneak and got my helmet knocked off. Um, and I woke up a basketball player. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was really, um, you know, something that, you know, I wasn't expecting to be good in. It was just one of those things where football was too rough. Um, my dad thought, even though my dad was a football player, you know, I um, I jumped into the basketball scene. Um, I didn't really take it serious until after my freshman year when um I played the last game of the season. So basically the last game of the seasons is when I got my my, my um my shot on AJV. Last game of the season we're playing El Camino a team called El Camino. Uh, I played four minutes, the last four minutes of the game, and I had about uh 10 to 14 points. So I'm on my high horse now. I think I'm the best thing smoking. So I go to the coach after the season, basically, like, yeah, so am I making varsity next year? And he kind of laughed at me. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably never going to make my varsity team. Um, He was correct. I mean, you know, most of the team people that was in front of me were also freshmen too. Um, There was freshmen on varsity Um, that were like backup, backup. So If we just played those cards right, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been um, playing in, in, you know, in his calculations. But it got me so angry that I decided I was going to train basically 24-7. And that's what I did. I trained my ass off. I didn't, I I rarely ate that summer, didn't want to go to sleep that summer. Uh, Back then, they had those NBA Jam session tapes, those little highlight tapes on VHS bought a few of them shits uh, five bucks from my foot locker <laughs> there's five bucks for foot locker and I just was taking those moves perfecting them um learning the game trying to understand the game going down to like Venice Beach watching those players going to adult leagues watching those players and um yeah I, I know y'all remember like uh, on on my on my show when um, <laughs> when Nick young was like how does a JV player? become a varsity player averaging because i i i was so upset that i was that sorry that i trained i trained so much it was just one of those things where i trained so much and turned into an actual player you know i turned into an actual player um on varsity averaged about 22 22 22 and a half points that year um the pump and run adidas um AAU program came after me. So my first year on AAU, it's me, Dunleavy, (laughs) Michael Dunleavy was my teammate. Um, What's so funny is we're the first two NBA players from the pump and run uh, group, and we never played on the A team. The best we got was BT, um, which which is hilarious in itself. So we wasn't that good enough to be on the A team. but we became the first two NBA players. Um, but yeah, my AAU, my AAU experience was, I was, a, I was what they called a demon child. Um, I was literally a reckless basketball player. There was no concept of score. There was no concept of score. There was no concept of, of sportsman-like conduct. None of that, sh- oh, all that shit was out the window. I know what the end of the bench felt like. I know what, when you get in a game, the coach wants you to play into the end of the whistle and you get the four minute, I remember that. So when I played the game, that's how I played the game. So if I'm in a game and we're up 20, 30 and you're playing defense, I'm trying to score on you. So there was there was games where, and I'm scoring 50 at the half 50 in a half like it was I was just this insane madman when I when I got on that court that's awesome man Jack how about <laughs> you that's the next question
1: yeah that's awesome Gail. um considering your scoring background in the NBA I'm sure you were on the other end of this more often than not but what was your like welcome to the league moment and did you ever get like embarrassed like in your rookie season at any
0: point Um, you guys might find this highlight because I refuse to go watch it first game it's the first game of the season we're playing well okay there's two one was basically welcome to preseason it was welcome to preseason highlight it was we're in Hawaii we're playing the Lakers Lakers just won a championship so it's basically the first time I got to see Kobe Bryant like in real life and Shaquille O'Neal You know, since it's Hawaii, other stars are there. So, like, Lisa Leslie was there. Like, so there's all movie stars in the preseason game, right? This is freaking preseason. Um, But when I, you know, we're warming up, I'm looking at the crowd. You see all these stars. And I remember at the end of the game, I got in. I do a pick and roll. And you guys know what a hard show is. Well, I didn't know what that was. So I do a pick and roll. (laughs) And Robert Ori... Does a hard show. I basically screamed. It was like, oh, shit. ah!" (laughs) Fell on the floor, dropped the ball. They started laughing. Robert Horry just walks into a layup. Um, But that was my like, like, welcome to preseason moment. Now my welcome to the NBA moment. We're playing Toronto in Toronto. So Vince Carter, Vince Carter's here. Fucking Air Canada himself. So first two plays, first two plays, he posts. he's posting up Jason Richardson. Misses his both of them. Third play coming down. Coach says, call another play. He doesn't have it tonight. Woo. I I don't know what him and the coach beef was at that moment in time, but that pissed him off. So he yelled for the ball, give me that shit. (laughs) He gets the ball on Jason Richardson, fakes, hits him with a spin, and he monkey dumped like it's like he touched his toe he cocked it back like he touched his toe and just threw the ball in I got so excited I got so excited that I jumped off the bench onto the court like oh my god did y'all just see that I forgot that I was on the actual team so I'm just celebrating like a regular ass fan um so coach is like, yo, get down, man. Someone, someone like handled that rookie, like get him under control. Like this is a, this is a professional basketball <laughs> like game. So I'm over here like, yo, did y'all just see what he did? Oh my God, that is crazy. Vince Carter. And like, once, once I calmed down, I realized, oh shit, that um, I, I hope I don't get in this game. I can't guard that man. Like, what, like, <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, I'm not ready for the, I'm not ready for this NBA. These guys are like actual stars. These are real NBA players. Like, this ain't the TV, this ain't the TV stuff. This ain't the Golden State Warriors either. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm going, you know how you go through training camp and all that stuff. Vince Carter is not what I'm watching. I didn't see what Vince Carter did in that game, I did not see that in the locker room on this side of the court. So it kind of like shook me. That actually shook me. Um and then like towards the end of the game, I get subbed in. And this this, this player by the name of Carlos Arroyo. I assumed that he was a shit player, you know. Um I I I didn't, like, I know he's in the NBA, but, you know, Carlos Arroyo, who is that? I'm playing defense, and he's on a fast break, and I don't know exactly what he did, but I know it was like, oh, oh, ooh, and I did two 360s on a spin, and then I was taking the ball out. Most embarrassing um, by far, and after that game, I was basically um, put on IR for 25 games. And that was my, um, oh, shit moment. Um, It was Vince Carter, Vince Carter's dunk. And then uh, Carlos Arroyo move on me on the fast break that I still don't know what happened. I mean, that's That's awesome.
1: I I was not expecting Carlos Arroyo's name to come up in that combo.
0: He got me benched for 25 games. Like (laughs) I hated that. (laughs) He got me benched for 25 games it's crazy like you think you like you were growing up like watching all these guys and, like you get there and it's like doesn't even feel real probably no it it didn't man it, it, it it's like any player that sits there and says yeah i was ready and you know like you gotta remember there's like two type of groups that come into the nba there's the really young player like your 18 19 year old old kids starstruck you're starstruck when you get when you're coming in like Dame Lillard, um, those type of guys, Jimmy Butler, and you are already like 22, you know you're more of a grown man than than um, the the kids who come in at 18. So you you have more of an adult approach anyway. But the 18 year old kids, when you know when you see Michael Jordan for the first time and Kobe, and now you're talking about Curry and all these LeBron James, it's you, you're getting. It's, it's a rude awakening. Just like when Karlo, uh, when uh, T-Mac told Carmelo Anthony he was going to put 50 on him and put 50 on him. There's <laughs> nothing you can do. Freaking nuts. Alec, I think you got a question here. I'll yeah, just- sorry. What's up, Gilbert? I uh, hope all is well. A- hope family is well. Um, so
1: I was going to ask you uh, if there was, like, a matchup in the NBA that that you were like kind of licking your chops at, or, if, or if there was like a player who you just wanted to like go get buckets all night.
0: Um, you know anyone who had the tag all eight, all defensive player. So you know when it, when when all defense comes out, you know I don't remember if it was two groups, just first team, second team, but the two guards on first team and second team, I always I I couldn't wait to prove. That the the accolades they were getting was false. Like if you was on that first team, second team, I was I was coming for you. Um, but my best matchups for me as just this per people we had to guard. Like I didn't have to guard Kobe, right? So I didn't have to actually guard him. So it was just one. It was more of a one-sided matchup. Um, same thing with Allen Iverson. We didn't actually guard each other because he was at the shooting guard. And I'm at the point guard, so I'm I'm being guarded by um, Eric Snow. And because Iverson was little, and I actually did post up, they'll put, like, Aaron McKee on me and stuff like this. So me and Allen Iverson never actually matched up. Um, so my real matchups were – I loved playing against Nash. Like, the Nash clash was amazing because um, we were both really – offensive guys so we're trying to all out like out offensive each other so i'm trying to get him in foul trouble get him tired so he can't do as many pick and rolls he's trying to kill me with pick and rolls so i can't score so you have this matchup of just two offensive players trying to get each other tired with their offense um tony parker was a great matchup but usually i got the best of tony himself to the point where they had to guard they had to put um bruce bowen on me so you know that matchup didn't really last long, and um, oh, and my my worst nightmare matchup was always Jason Kidd, mm. because he was he was bigger than he was bigger than me and stronger than me, and just as fast as me. So you know it's like his Ferrari, his Ferrari was just a little bit faster and better than mine. <laughs> you know what I mean, so you know, so it was one of those games where if I did have thirty. It would have been like that 10 for 30 type of game. It was I never really like got the best of um of Jason. King. Oh, interesting stuff. Thank you. Matt, you got a question? Yeah, good. You kinda of touched on it. But
1: first of all, Agent Zero, wow. Welcome to this freaking pod. Can't believe you're fucking here. What a fucking idea you are to all of us. So thank you so much for being oh, on here. Sure. I can't believe it's really you talking to us. Um uh, but my question is, who is your, who is your, like, if you had to choose one player, just one special player, you put play against a lot of guys, who is your toughest player that you ever had to guard?
0: Throughout the years will probably be Steve Nash. Steve Nash was probably the toughest. Um, he was probably the toughest, you know, player I had to guard. Um, and like, people don't realize how, like, how skillful that man was. Like, like he reads body language, screens, he understands spacing, he understands um ang- angles that you don't even know about. Um and his 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 speedy played with the his conditioning level was unreal. Like when people talk about um curry and LeBron James's, you know, stamina, Westbrook's stamina, Steve Nash's stamina was unreal. Cause you gotta remember, he's he's sitting there coming up and down like this. There's no, there's no breaks. Pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, fast break, pick and roll. Like he was the guy that like you can tell playing soccer kind of really molded his stamina. So guarding him like like it, it made me like. If I'm guarding, if I got to play him Friday, I'm doing a few miles after practice to get my conditioning level up, just to just to try to keep up with that guy. Well, I still take Agent Zero any day over Steve Nash. That's just me personally. <laughs> it depends, you know. It it all depends on 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 what you need in that game. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, when people ask, you know, when people usually ask for my starting five and shit like that. It, it really all depends on who else do I have on a team. So it's not give me the best, the best five players. If they all play in the same realm, that's a clash on the court. Totally.
1: That's great. Couple, yeah. We got a couple more questions for you.
0: Gilbert, uh-huh. I'm honestly happy you said Steve Nash. I idolized that kid, that guy growing up. I mean, he's a two-time <laughs> MVP. Steve Nash is the best. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I got yeah. another question for you. Yeah. Um, Looking at today's game and all the point guards that are kind of dominating the league these days, who would you say kind of closely resembles the game that you used to play back in your era? Uh, there's so many guards to choose from, but who would you say is the most similar to your game? Um, probably Dane with the outside mid-range type of, type of game with the precise in his shooting, his focused on last shots and in the game uh, shots. And then like the way I played the style I played with contact like James Harden. So mostly the two, those two type of players, James Harden and Dame Leonard, um, is, is up my, is up my, my category. There's a category. There's a, there's a stat that I created that, um, it was over 300 threes and over 200 free throws made in the same season. Um, I did that in two thousand six, two thousand seven. The next person to ever do it that again was James Harden in two thousand fourteen. So the only three people are in that category is James Harden, me, and Westbrook. Um, because you know I was a, I got to the free throw line, so you know that's what kind of set me apart from like a a Curry and all these other scoring guards because I I I was more of a rugged player too. You know I didn't like. We, we know the highlights of me shooting threes, but I I did a lot of posting up too. So I did post up a lot. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say those two combined. I'm kind of
1: curious, you know, transitioning from, you know, playing into the afterlife of a career. Like, I know you have your podcast, uh, Out of Bounds, you used to do a show with Complex do you have anything else you want to do like basketball related? Like do you have any interest in potentially coaching or I know you have a family,
0: so that'd be tough, but do you want to stay involved in the yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I train a lot of these high level uh, players that's coming into college and coming into the game now. Um, you know, I'll sit with the trainers, train them, teach them about spacing angles, how to use these moves. Because, The 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 trick about what's going on is if you look at the NBA now, it kind of looks like AAU because the trainers, they got this skill after (laughs) their failed basketball career. So all they're doing is just taking moves and then putting them in, you know, drills and these kids are learning them, but these kids don't know how to use the root, they don't know how to use these moves because the trainer never actually used it in real life. You know what I mean? So it's like teaching these kids how to use the moves, what to look for, how to prepare for the games to be successful or have a chance to be successful on the next level. So, um, you know, I do training, um, you know, obviously my podcast on football sports, but there's two more podcasts um, or TV shows I'll be busting into um, starting, you know, the beginning of 2023. So I'm, 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 I'm mingling. you know, I still mentor some of the players um, like, you know, Victor Oladipo, Um, you know, me and Bradley Bill talk all the time, you know, me and LeBron talk all the time. Me and KD talk all the time. Me and Dame talk all the time. Um, uh, Zach Levine, um, uh, John Wall, Chris Paul, so you know, like when things are going on during the season, you know, I'll shoot out little messages. You know, they'll they'll send me clips. Devin Booker will send me a clip. What do you think about this? What should I add? You know, so I'm still like helping players out um, because they know I'm going to be watching. They know I'm going to give them a real, honest opinion. You know about you know like uh, about their game. You know, I'm not going to hold back. Say, hey, listen, you know, um, you might want to. You know, um, Spider Man, Donovan Mitchell. Um, like yo you know you need to start training on your right hand movements because right now you're an all left hand dominant player and because the nba is moving so fast they have not really picked up on that yet but 95 percent of your game is going left you're very successful but what happens to your game if you can open up the right side of the floor you know so i, I you know i try to give these guys pointers Gil, do you train with these guys or like any of the Players in the league these days, like do you give them many tips like in the gym? Yeah, in the summer. In the summer, yes, I train I train with these guys. Like so Ben Simmons, which is we, Ben Simmons is probably the weirdest situation. Um because we can all that one. <laughs> no, 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 it, it, it no no no. It's it's weirder. It, it's 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 weirder than you think because. If you take Ben Simmons and you put him in the summer, when he comes into the summer, I don't care who's on that court. He's probably the best player on the court. He is the most unstoppable. If LeBron's there, if James Harden's there, if uh, uh, the – Ben Simmons is probably the most unguardable player on that court. When he's training and shooting <laughs> – he can shoot this shit out the ball. I when it, something about the season. I think it's depth perception. I'm I'm convinced that when when the space is smaller, like a practice gym or a, a smaller gym, I think his vision is normal. I think when you have this open space, I don't think he 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 can see. And I, I don't—I don't, I mean, not see—but I don't think he can judge. He doesn't. His his percept, his depth perception is probably off, and that probably is the reason that he doesn't take those shots in a game. Because in 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 gyms and in, in in the summer, he's fine. You're like, oh shit, Ben's about to average thirty this year. Oh shit, everybody's in trouble. And then he comes into the the, the NBA, and it's like, what is this? Shoot the fucking ball! You you take four four to five hundred shots a day. What are you doing? Has everyone seen it? You know? know, you've seen it. All of his teammates have seen it. It's not a mystery. You know, you guys have all seen his talent. And that's and that's the thing. I just think you know, like some it, it's but some players, like I don't. It's not a practice player, but like, like when I was training, right, I always went into the main gym the night before the train because I wanna see the whole the whole test. Like, you know, it's like, you know, like, you have a, what was it, a practice quiz? You know, like, fucking school, you have practice quiz, you know, it's like fucking 10, 20 questions, and then the, the, the real one is like 50 to 100, and it does not look anything like the practice one that you aced. That's kind of how, you know, the NBA is too. You have practice, You have the practice game, practice shots, and then you have the NBA arena shots. 20,000 people, 20,000 people screaming and yelling and lights flickering and people jumping up and down, a mascot sitting there behind. You got the little girls on the side with the little pom-poms. It's a whole different atmosphere. And if you're not practicing in that atmosphere, then it could be a shell shock when you get to it.
1: That's awesome. So let's revert it back to you and the Wizards. Let's close it off here. But I'm not going to lie to you we've had this debate for years growing up diehard Wizards fans I'd say there's about two times in our era of being a Wizards fan that we've been really successful that was the era of you Antoine Karan Butler and then the John mm-hmm. Wall Bradley Beal era what do you think and which squad do you think was better straight up uh, we will beat the shit out of them boys
0: I yeah. <laughs> say that. damn right <laughs> What? Um <laughs> like the reason, the reason, the reason is if you look at that whole group and you look at us now, right? You know, you got Karan as a coach, you got Antoine as an upper management, you got Calvin Booth, he's a general manager, you have Wes, who's the coach, who's behind the bench. Um, I think we have from that team, that little organization. At that moment in time, we have four general managers, um, radio personnels. We we understood the game, we understood each other. Um, and we can we can speak a language that that was hard to guard. Um, our our basketball, our basketball minds was way more advanced. Not saying that theirs is not, but no one knew me and Antoine had our own plays outside of our team. Like we literally took the playbook from Golden State, looked at our playbook at Washington, and created plays inside of our playbook. Coach Jordan or the rest of the team didn't know about. So we had a we had our own playbook inside of our playbook. <laughs> it was like a secret room inside of a secret room that me and Antoine was successful at.
1: So, you, you know, but that's,
0: that's,
1: that's the difference. So you think if you're playing 5-5 five, five versus that era, so let's just say like, you know, Wall, Beal, Porter, Morris, Gortat versus U3 and like Brendan Haywood, whatever. Deshaun Stevenson.
0: Wait, wait, wait. What's their five?
1: Their five? There five, I'm going to say Wall, Beal, Porter, Morris, and Gortat. That was, I'd say, one of the more successful Wizards teams we had versus any squad you were with on the Wiz. You think it's 21 zip? Seven game series. How about that?
0: So so now we're talking about two different teams. So if I take the 0405 team, where it's me, Larry, well shit, technically me, Larry, Antoine, Jared Jeffries, and Brendan Haywood, they're that, that would be hard for Gore Tottenham because because Jared Jeffries can guard, guard all five positions. Um he can guard all, all five positions on defense, which makes it like so. If Wallace is getting the best of me, we'll just put Jared Jeffries on him. Um, I don't see how they they don't beat that squad. And then with me, Koran, shit, me, Koran, Jared Jeffries, Antoine, and Brendan, the two, they don't beat that squad. Um, the only team that they have competition with would be me, Deshaun Stevenson, Karan, Antoine, and Brendan. is because now Karan – no, not Quran, but Antoine has to guard Morrison. He has to guard Morrison.
1: Yeah, he'd have to guard
0: uh Marquise Morris. Yeah. It, just, it make, yeah, it makes us it makes us a little smaller. It makes us a little smaller. So I'll probably take the Larry Hughes or our first year with Karan. I'll probably take those two teams. And uh four we'll four one.
1: Okay. Not a sweep.
0: We'll, we'll, no, I don't think we'll we I don't think we'll sweep them. Um I don't even know if they can score enough points. Like, like, like we didn't have <laughs> you're talking about each team, both teams, the big three was averaging 60 points. Yeah. Our big three was averaging 60. So I, I don't. And then I know I know Wall's game, Wall's gonna fake that right, come back left. Shit. That shit don't work on me. Uh, fake the right, come back <laughs> left. He wants to do left. <laughs> You know I mean, <laughs> awesome. so, um, yeah, four, four four one of those boys.
1: We'll call it four one, Gil. This was this was a time, my guy, and we all appreciate you. We love what you're doing. Maybe one day we'll be guests on your pod. You never know. But um, uh,
0: thank you, of
1: course. Yeah. yeah, we'll be in touch. But uh, thank you again, and keep doing your thing, bro. Uh, thanks
0: for having me. Thanks for having me.